Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People. This is a show where we talk about the successful Christian lifestyle. And either you are successful or you're about to become successful because you are taking time out of your day to listen to this show. Listen, my goal, every single time I get behind this microphone, is to give you something valuable. So my hope is that after each show, you walk away feeling like, you know what, that was worth my time. I actually learned something that I can apply. You get what I'm saying? Not just random information. Let me tell you something. It's so much random information in the world. You can get information from Instagram and all of the memes that people like and all that. You know, and I like them too. It's cool, but it's not enough. Do you know that the easiest thing you can do in life is have a good idea? Like having a good idea just represents the starting point. Let me give you an example. For as long as I can remember, parents make their children get up or come into the room that they're in, sitting down watching TV. They call their children. Hey, come here. Kid runs from a mile away. They finally get in the room and it's like, hey, grab me that remote right there. Why is it that no one has ever thought of a way Like, give the remote some legs. You know what I'm saying? How about we come out with a remote, throw some legs on it, and that way when your parent, the parents out there, when you're laying down in bed and you're watching TV and you need that remote, you just say, hey, remote, come here. You get what I'm saying? The remote, the legs come out, remote walks over to your bed and hops in the bed with you. I know it sounds creepy, and I definitely don't want nasty remote legs laying in the bed with me, but my point is... No matter if that's a good idea or not, it's just an idea. The hardest thing in the world would be to figure out a way to execute a plan to actually make that happen. Now, if I did find a way to make that happen, which I know is possible. Look, we talk to our phones and we talk to everything else right now. Why can't stuff start walking over to you? And I hope I ain't give some crazy person out there a good idea because I don't want my remote walking around the house. It's kind of creepy but I think it's realistic in the crazy world we live in. Now, let me get back to my point. Execution is very difficult. A lot of people give up on things because they don't find a way to execute the plan or the idea, or let's just be real. Execution is tough. It's tiring. And most people just aren't willing to go through that process because it requires you to be consistent. You can't just do something once and call it execution. That's why so many times in our lives, we'll have these great ideas or thoughts about what we're gonna do and just say, hey, I'm gonna do this next year or I'm gonna do this whenever. And then when that time comes, you just keep extending the time because that fear of execution, that 
unwillingness, that laziness that stops you from actually putting in the work. And it makes me legit think about Jesus with the disciples. When Jesus was calling people to follow him, he literally told them to count up the cost. What does that mean? Take a moment. Moment. Think about what it's going to take. Because once you commit to me, I want you to be loyal. I don't want halfway disciples. You know what I mean? And that's what happens a lot of times in our lives because we commit to things without actually thinking about what it's actually going to take for us to do it. And so we just become people who have great ideas but are never actually able to execute because execution requires consistency. Now, I want to tell you something very interesting about our human brains. And I'm going to assume that everyone listening right now are human beings. Well, you know what? Maybe now that I think about it, you could be driving in a car with your cat or dog. You could be chilling on the couch. It could be a fish tank right next to you. You know what? No discrimination to the animals, but this part is for humans only. I was doing some reading and some research, and everything that I came across seems to support that your brain doesn't necessarily know the difference between reality and fiction. My brain doesn't know the difference between me talking about doing something and actually doing it. Think of it like telling your friends about big plans for the weekend. You're going to go on some amazing date with your husband or wife. You start getting excited. You start feeling good because you're talking about something that makes you happy, even though you aren't actually there doing it in reality. And this also works with things you're afraid of, like public speaking. You just start getting nervous and shaking off of the thought of being in front of people talking, but you're not actually up there doing it. You get what I'm saying? This is how powerful your brain is. You can think something, but start feeling like it's really happening when it's really just your imagination. And there's a million ways that we could think through this whole concept of how your brain processes fiction versus reality. But just know this, good or bad, be careful what you think. So I take that information and I'm thinking through this thing. I have to be careful about just simply having an idea and especially going around and always talking about it in a matter as if I've already done it. Because what ends up happening is if I sit around and tell people like, oh yeah, I have a radio show and you know the radio show is gonna be in this market and it's gonna be in that market. I have to be careful because there's a certain satisfaction that you feel when you're telling people about your dreams and your goals and all these things that you want to do. And what will happen if you're not careful is that you'll receive so much satisfaction from telling people about what you're going to do that it's like, hey, you know what? I could check that off the list. I feel good. Like I don't actually have to go execute it because talking about it gave me so much joy. Jay Wheel. Why are you singing? Like, what? You know what, I man? I need an alarm in this studio. What are you doing, man? Why are you <laughs> trying to get a contract? Man. Trying to use the show to get a deal, man. That's <laughs> shady people, shady people. What's what up, up man? man? What's going on? Man, I was just in here recording the show as usual and kind of watching out of the side of my eye trying to. It's like I try to be prepared for when you're going to jump in here, and I never know. So, uh, of course, you caught me off guard. How's it going, brother? Listen, man, I was scrolling through. Uh... Of course, your uh, Instagram page. 
Oh, we back at that now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a question on there. What we got? Okay, young lady by the name of Lifestyle of an Imperfect Mom. Okay. She says this: How to balance family and business? Oh, that's a good one. How to balance family and business? So, Jay Witt. How do you balance family and business? The people want to know. Well, people, and shout out to lifestyle of an imperfect mind. Is it imperfect mind? Imperfect mind. Okay. Her and her husband are listeners of the show oh. and supporters, so appreciate them. Shout out. Um, balancing family and business is, first of all, kudos to anyone who actually cares enough to ask the question. Ah. So I think yes. one of the issues is that we jump into business and sometimes seem to make it the top priority in our life. So mm-hmm. people who are going after their goals and things like that, it's like, yo, everything in my life revolves around this. And when you're married and you have a family, there's a process. Ah, mm-hmm. I love that word. Process. Process. <laughs> There's a process and um, you have to prioritize first. So that's the first thing that comes to mind for me is actually sitting down what I've learned to do, because I don't want to act like I've always done this the right Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned to do is sit down with my wife and have the conversation and say, hey, here's what I want to do. This is important. I'm thinking about starting a show. Mm -hmm. It's called Inspire God's People, right? And so I took that to her before I ever took it to anyone else. Wow. It's like, what do you think about it? And then we start looking through what that might look like with my schedule. I'm already pretty busy. I travel. And so it's a matter of like, all right, are you good with this? Mm-hmm. So I think the first thing is just prioritizing. Yeah. And, and uh, wow. You know, that's really good because I don't mean this in a, that was very considerate. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it was very considerate because most people just once they get their mindset that they're doing something, it's like this is what I'm doing. Yep. But you're married. Exactly. This show takes time, effort on your part. Yep. Work. You know. So yes, you needed to talk and to you your know wife what? about it. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's right. Mm. So I think a lot of times people who are talented, especially it's like if I get up and tap dance and it's like, look, see, I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be out tap dancing and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you may not, you know, that you aren't supposed to be doing mm-hmm. it, but you have to prioritize. Something comes first, second and third. And if God is first and then my wife is under that, then it's like, what's under that? Mm-hmm. You know, it, you can't have your business above your family. And I think for success, they have to work together. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, at least here on the onset, that the key or one of the keys, one of the main keys Mm -hmm. to balancing family and business, because it is a balance, is prioritizing. Yes. After you've prioritized. So now you recognize that my wife or for you know her her husband they've had these conversations and they're in agreement now i know that everyone's marriage makeup is different 
mm-hmm. right? Um, and so this can get difficult. So I don't want to act like to give a, a blanket answer right. or, or discredit anyone's situation. But this is really, number one, geared toward someone who's married. Like, I know mm-hmm. of the person. I don't know her personally like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, her and her husband... Um, have been supporting me for a while with my music and different things so awesome. through social media. So I, I at least have an idea through social media of like, okay, they're married and they have children. Mm-hmm. And so I, I at least can kind of see. And so I'm answering her question in that way. And, you know, this is a Christian show. And so we want to encourage, you know, marriage. And so when someone says family, you know, I'm talking traditional marriage. Like, mm-hmm. so if you, you know, you and your girl dating and, you know, all that, like, more power to y'all, but I, I don't have the answer. I, I'm not speaking from that perspective. So I just want to be clear in that regard. But mm-hmm. after you've been, after you've prioritized, then to me, it's a matter of continuing to check the temperature. Mm-hmm. So, so many times we'll have a conversation on the front end of something, mm-hmm. and then we jump into it. It's two years later now, bro. You got to check up. You get, you know what I'm saying? You got to get a check up and say, mm. how's it going now that we're in it? I guess I feel like communicating through the execution is important. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you told me you want to start this business. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, based on the conditions when we started. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, okay, cool. I decided to wear a long sleeve shirt today. But I went outside and it got hot. Uh, uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, I said you could do the show, but things changed or we had a baby or, mm-hmm. you know, different things that happened. I'm not saying we had a baby. I don't want nobody out there to be like, oh, my God, they had a baby. Like, <laughs> but my point is things can change. And so it's important to communicate while you're executing mm-hmm. and, and not make it a show versus family, mm-hmm. you know, gift versus family, business versus family. And that, that's really good just in general for everybody, pretty much in any situation, mm-hmm. prioritize and communicate. You know, those are very, very important yeah. things in balancing life in general, but especially when you're balancing family with business. Now, the business may be a source of income for you, right? but you have to balance it properly. You can't if you put that over your friend, because I know people, I personally know people and could name some people who <laughs> do literally, it, do it. Say, do, no, right, I'm just joking. <laughs> who literally say, you know what? And, and, and I, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm say this. I had a guy tell me one time, I said, you need to spend some more time with your kids. You know what he said? This is a true story. Wow. He said, when they come home and flick the light switch and the light comes on or open the refrigerator, and there's food in there, that's all they need. Okay, here's what I want to say about that. When you are a person who has to balance something, mm-hmm. it means that it's more than one thing. Right. So for a question like this, where you say, how do I balance family and business? First or third, this is probably my third point, but you have to realize that both of those are a thing. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people try to do is say, hey, because I'm doing this and it has a benefit, then only the business matters. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you should just be happy that I went to work today. Right. And then we want to not necessarily do a good job as a husband or a father, 
and use the excuse that, hey, I went to work. So it's like I put on my left shoe. So right sh- right foot, you should just be happy that the left shoe was on. Right. And we just going to get you scabbed up walking wow. on the concrete today. Wow. And so you got to realize that both things matter. And one of the things that I've learned, again, the key is that I've learned, which means I haven't always had this figured out. But one of the things I learned is that it's not just what's important to me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like when someone makes a statement like that, he's actually giving more weight to the thing that he thinks is important. Mm-hmm. But what if to someone in the house is like, hey, I'd rather be in the dark if that meant that my father was helping me with my homework mm. or you know, helping me with this issue I'm having in school uh, or having yeah. the talk with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we can't be selfish with it, I think, yeah. is a big thing. Well, I, that helped me out a lot. <laughs> and uh, prayerfully, it helped a lot of other people out there. So so let me hold on, hold on. Before, hold on, hold on, brother. First of all, because you sound like you was wrapping something up. You don't <laughs> you don't wrap up here. You get kicked out. <laughs> so let's let's get that straight first. But I have a question for you because mm. you are fairly newly uh, married mm-hmm. and you have a business. Mm. So, you know, I know that you're on the front end of this. So mm-hmm. how are you thinking through it? Because that, you know, that can help someone as well. Like you're, you're not experienced in it yet. Mm-hmm. You're, you're about to be, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So what are your, what is your thought process as you getting into that? Okay. So the, the business I have is a uh, kneel down productions, which is a uh, production company. But um, in addition, com. Yes, Productions. That's N E A L, downproductions.com. See what I did there? I like it. There you go. Uh, so I got married in April okay. of 2018. We don't really need to know your anniversary, but go ahead. It was, I was going to go into <laughs> at 3 p.m. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, so I, I remember. Your best man was a blessed man. He, he was, man. Thank God for, for Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you had two best men when I said that. Dang. What's nah, up, man? Steve? I, y'all, y'all both are awesome, man. Awesome. But um, I remember about a month afterwards, I had the opportunity. I got a call to go and do a play for the weekend in another state. Mm. I had only been married for about a month at the time. Wow. I wanted to go. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. It was good money. Man. It was good money. It was a free trip. You know, right. They were flying me down. It was, you know, pr- pretty good money for this weekend gig here. Yep. And I'm like, in my mind, it was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. Yep. But then it had to dawn on me. Rookie mistake. I am married now. Wow. I've been single for so long that I am so used to making decisions on my own and saying, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Yep. You know, if I was single that wouldn't even have been a thought that was that would have been an automatic oh that was god right you know period (laughs) and in my mind oh this is god this is another way of bringing some income in but i've only been married for a month and so i i I talked to my wife i went to her i was like i I I thought about i was like okay i'm married i need to go talk to my wife about this and when i talked to her you know what she said she said yeah yeah go and i said in my mind bet Right. <laughs> I'm out. God, right. God gave this opportunity and my wife okayed it too. There's nothing you can say to me. But then I started thinking, I'm about to leave my new wife Man. for an entire weekend. 
And I just started thinking. I said, I don't think that's wisdom. Man. And when I talked to her about it and told her that I was that I decided not to do it, she said, I'm glad you didn't do it. Wow. And I'm like, that was that now that was the beginning of me learning about that. Yeah. You know how she'll say one thing, yeah, but, but mean, mean another. But that's yeah. a whole nother. That's a whole nother Man, topic. But there. you know what? You you said something that was so simple that people can be married and actually forget this. And you said, I am married now. And so as we're making these decisions, as we're balancing things out, and I know she said the question was about family. So that can mean kids as well, but Mm -hmm. neither one of us have kids. So I don't want to try to act like an expert in the area that I'm not. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about what I at least know. Um, I'm sure that would add another layer. But as it relates to just being married, it's like sometimes you got to stop, pause, and be like, I'm married now. So the decision that I would have made that would have been right, mm-hmm. you know, two months ago for you, you know what I mean? Well, you know, before it happened, it's not right anymore. Things have changed. And, and I think that's ultimately what we have to understand is that things have changed. And for the fellas out there, men, just know that what Lavelle went through, like, you can be thinking that something is cool, but you got to know how to really test the temperature of your wife and really know, like, is it cool or is she saying it's cool just so she doesn't interfere with what I'm doing? Because your wife, a lot of times, wants to wants to support you and wants mm-hmm. to help you. And sometimes to the fault of her own, she's not, you know, revealing all the information. and so. Yeah, man. Balancing family and business is a very important process. I definitely don't have all of the answers. Um, I've made some mistakes in it, so I have some experience in it. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, I've done some things right, you know, these last few years. And I'm still learning just how to do it. But I think balancing something is an everyday thing. You know, you can't just think that, hey, I talked to her three years ago before I started the show. <laughs> you know, right. it's kind of like, how I need to balance the fact that I'm letting you talk in my studio right now. And now we need to, (laughs) we need you to go brother. We got to balance this out. Actually, there's something interesting. You said, you know, since you all don't have kids yet, I think me and my wife may stay in that, in that extra room up there. Yeah. You know what? what I'm going to do. Get out of my studio, please. (laughs) Get out of my studio. Hey, grab some blankets. Get out of my, get out of security. (sighs) This guy. How did he get in here? You know what? I know how he got in here. Because his company is sponsoring today's show. Today's show is sponsored by Neil Down Productions. That's right. The gentleman who I just kicked out of the studio is Lavelle Neal. He actually holds a theater degree from Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. But listen, Neil Down Productions is a production company that was created to bring quality theatrical productions with a strong message to the stage. The productions have Christ-centered themes presented in such a way that when you leave, you will have experienced a life-changing event. Listen, people, I can tell you from experience, myself, going to his shows are amazing. Lavelle is looking to bring back a couple of his shows in 2019, so here's what I want you guys to do. Check out his website, kneeldownproductions.com. That's spelled N-E-A-L, D-O-W-N productions.com. 
Do you need me to spell productions? Because I will do it. That's N-E-A-L-D-O-W-N-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S. Let's hope I spelled everything right because I'm not going to edit it out if I didn't. Thank you so much for supporting our sponsors. There's a time and place, uh, yeah. There's a time and place, uh, yeah. Dream traveler, uh, 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 uh. Dream traveler. Y'all know how I get. Let's move on with the show. It's time to introduce you to a new segment entitled Let's Get Social. I'm going to be bringing my Facebook and Instagram posts to life by reading them to you and giving you a little more in-depth insight about what I meant, about what I said, and we might even take a peek at some of the comments from my friends and followers. So let's get social. Earlier this week, I said, I don't say things to make you mad. I say things to make you think. Now that's pretty simple. But what I was trying to let people know was, listen, trolls. This was a message to the trolls. I'm not trying to attract people who just want to be mad on Facebook. My goal isn't to come online and debate or argue with people. I simply want to make people think beyond what they naturally think. Because a lot of times we are just conditioned to go with the flow of what's happening in society. And as soon as you say something that's just slightly against or different than that, man, you get people that's just mad. They just born to be mad. They just, this was for those people. We're not going to spend a lot of time there. Okay, what else did I say? I said in one post, Chick-fil-A messed up my order. So I drove back and apologized for not ordering what they knew I needed. Everybody knows that Chick-fil-A knows best. So I had to drive back and tell, listen, apologize. Look, I apologize for ordering fries when I know I didn't need fries because you didn't give me fries. So that must mean that I wasn't supposed to have All right. Oh, this one is cool. I posted a picture of me and my wife and I said, say happy birthday and happy anniversary to my wife. It's not her birthday or our anniversary, but those two things happened at some point this year and y'all missed it. Do you not know that I literally got about 50 to 60 happy birthday and happy anniversary comments in the thread, which further explains why I need to do this segment because most of y'all ain't really reading or listening on social media. You just scrolling through and liking stuff and you don't know why you liked it. Like, why did you like the picture of the grown man that looked like a baby. You know what I'm saying? And they cussing in the caption. And you are a Christian born again, and you don't even like babies that look grown, but you like the picture. You feel what I'm saying? That's how we do on social media. So we getting social right now. Okay, what else did I say that was worth sharing? Oh, here's a good one. Everybody wants to be full-time ministry, not knowing that the people currently in that position made their money outside of ministry. Okay. I come across a lot of people who look at going into quote unquote full-time ministry as like this huge opportunity or something like God is calling me into it. Listen, I'm not here to debate whether or not you're in that position in life. That's between you and God. But what I am saying is you may want to go into it with some realistic expectations. You know what I'm saying? It's like a lot of the people that you're looking at and they have all these big churches and they drive the nice cars and you like, I want to be like that. Well, you might want to do some research. You might want to talk to the guy because a lot of these pastors 
were already rich before they became pastors. You get what I'm saying? So you have people who are going into full-time ministry like it's a career choice. Like, listen, bro, you don't graduate from college and, you know, want to be a pastor. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you do. Who am I to judge? But I'm just saying you might want to actually look at how did that guy make that money because you're going into it thinking you're about to make all this money. And I hate to break it to you, bro, but your story ain't going to go like that in reality because um, you didn't do whatever he did to get what he got. And just being real, it kind of bothers me the way we look at ministry in general as like this career move. You know what I mean? I feel like that's kind of destroying some of the genuine nature and the authenticity of what ministry is supposed to be. Because if I'm just looking at it as a come up in some way that I can make some fast money, then that's how we get a lot of shady people out here doing things to make money, right? playing around with the tithes and the offering and all of that because they came into ministry looking for their financial gain. Like, hey, this is how I eat. This is how I pay my bills. I hear that a lot of times. I hear that from gospel artists all the time. My thing is like, bruh, you could have stayed working. Like, I'll just rather keep working my job if that's what's going to allow me to keep the ministry authentic until I'm ready to be able to you know, grow in the ministry the right way according to the will of God. But the last thing I want to be doing is out here taking God's people's money illegally or in some type of shady fashion because I need to pay my light bills. It's like, bruh, you could have stayed being a manager at the department store and kept the ministry authentic. But listen, let me get off that. You get what I'm saying. Why do I feel like that still doesn't make total sense, though? Like, I'm doing this segment to bring more in-depth insight and conversation to some of these posts, and I just feel like I rushed that point. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll come back to that one in another time, on another day, on another show. On another show. On another okay, let's move on to something else. You know what? Let's talk a little bit about Chick-fil-A. The one post that I had the little joke about Chick-fil-A makes me think about something we were talking about earlier with execution and this whole idea of being consistent with something. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it can be a simple wrinkle. I'm really fascinated with businesses like Uber and Chick-fil-A because it's not really innovation. You know what I mean? They're not solving a new problem. They just add a small new wrinkle to something that already exists. It's like Uber is like, oh, okay, Cool, you want a cab, but it's going to be a regular person in a regular car. All right, no problem. That's Uber. It's like, bro, y'all didn't just really invent anything. You know what I'm saying? Picking people up is not something new. It's the way they do it. And so the same way is kind of how I feel about Chick-fil-A and the way they have differentiated their business. So let's talk about it. Chick-fil-A is a fast food restaurant. The fast food industry is known for having horrible service. Like that's almost the standard and what we expect from a fast food restaurant. You want your food fast. You get what I'm saying? You don't necessarily have a high standard for quality of food or service. It's more so built around speed, convenience, and options, right? You want a menu 
with the million things that you can choose from that you can get in one minute. Who cares that it takes an hour and a half to bake a chicken in real life? I want to bake chicken in one minute. And so that's what the fast food industry typically is. For the most part, it's giving you food fast. You get what I'm saying? What I like about what Chick-fil-A has done is they found one thing that everyone else does in that industry wrong or bad or not up to standard. And they focused on it in a way to make it the thing that they're known for. So I know we all think Chick-fil-A's food tastes so great. I'm just being real with you. I'm not sure that it tastes any different than a Wendy's chicken sandwich. But what I do know is this. When I go to Chick-fil-A, they are going to treat me like I'm at a five-star dining experience. I can remember the first time I sat in a Chick-fil-A and the, the guy was so nice to me. I, honestly, I'm like, hey, man, what's going on, bro? I thought he wanted something. I thought he needed a favor, a ride home or something. I'm like, hey, bro, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? I got places to go. My man was asking me to refill my lemonade. I'm like, what, you gonna re, well, yeah, go ahead and refill the lemonade then, bro. I felt so good about that. But my point is that Chick-fil-A service is so good that it's a joke. Like this is something that we laugh about because it's so high above the industry standard that it's laughable. But they've consistently built their brand that way and they're successful because they're consistent in executing their high level of customer service. Again, we think the food tastes better. I'm pretty much convinced that it doesn't really taste better, but they've brainwashed us with their customer service where our mind is conditioned to take everything in a positive light. Listen, if you go to McDonald's and they don't give you ketchup for your fries, you're driving back, you're mad, asking for the manager, throwing fries back in the drive through window, you're just losing your mind out there. If Chick-fil-A doesn't give you ketchup, you keep driving and you go home, you say, you know what? I don't deserve ketchup. If Chick-fil-A didn't give me ketchup, I wasn't supposed to put ketchup on these fries. What's wrong with me putting ketchup on fries? On fries. On fries. Here's another thing that's dope about Chick-fil-A. If you want to invest and own a Chick-fil-A location, they have a very, very detailed process that they go through in vetting out their franchisees. One of the main conditions, this is the condition above all that turned me away when I was looking into it. Just, you know, kind of exploring and discovering like a potential future opportunity. Thought it would be a good investment. Well, I was looking and one of the things that turned me away is that it said, this is the only investment that you're allowed to have. I'm like, what? If you invest in a Chick-fil-A, this has to be your primary business. I'm like, I get it now. They don't allow you just to throw money at it and have Chick-fil-A be some type of side business. This has to be the business that you are most focused on, your daily life, your everything. And I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. If you get franchisees that are completely vested into this business, into the well-being and the success of it, they're gonna care a lot more about customer service. In turn, that's gonna give you extremely high sales. Here's the interesting thing. McDonald's, I know we know that as the number one fast food 
you know, restaurant in the world. And by volume and sales numbers, they do the highest. But here's something, once you dig into the numbers, Chick-fil-A actually sells more per location than McDonald's. So one Chick-fil-A restaurant on average in the U.S. does about $4 million a year in sales. McDonald's, $2.5 million. But here's the thing you got to realize. Chick-fil-A is also closed on Sundays. Why? To allow people to worship or be with their family, I believe is how they word it. Something like that. Don't quote me on that. My point is they're doing close to double the sales and they lose a day by being closed on Sunday, which we all know Sunday is a day that a lot of people like to eat, even if it is fast food. Now we're fastly approaching my favorite part of the show. What in the world is up with computers that do human jobs better than humans do, man? I can't handle this. Like, and I remember y'all when they first started bringing the self-scan units into the grocery store. I was working at Kmart when they first started doing that. And I was a cashier. And I'm like, man, why they bringing this computer in to do my job? And I started looking at all the cashiers like, okay, I'm getting what's happening. This is a test, and it's going to be less and less of us here each year. And if you go into a grocery store or department store now, what do you see when you first walk in? You see 15, 16 self-scans, two or three cashiers. But I always go to those two or three cashiers unless I'm in a rush. I prefer to go to the human beings so humans can keep their jobs. You feel me? But people, I got to tell you, I had two phone calls I had to make recently. One was with a company, insurance company. And they made me talk to a computer. And I don't like talking to computers usually. And I'm telling you, I was on the phone. Usually this is what happens when I call and it's like an automated thing. It's like, I'm just like, representative, representative. They're like, what's your birthday? Representative, how old are you? Representative, what kind of car do you? Representative, you feel me? I don't wanna talk to no computer. But I got thrown off last week calling the insurance company because this computer sounded real. It really creeped me out and irritated me that they making this thing sound so real. I tried to hit her with my little representative. She's like, hold on, Mr. James. Hold on. First, tell me. I'm like, wait a minute. You saying regular human being stuff. This ain't right. You know what I'm saying? You ain't supposed to be this good as a computer picking up on my little representative trick. So I'm not feeling how they're getting smarter, and we have to talk to computers. Look, y'all, I'm being real. I don't even talk to Siri, ever. I have never in my life said a word to Siri because it's just weird to me. Anything Siri could tell me, I could just type it in myself. So it just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? And it's just awkward and uncomfortable. I don't want to sit here and talk to a device. So then I had another phone call to make, right? You would think that since I'm dealing with the human being, I'm now in my comfort zone and things are working out good for me. I have this soundbar surround sound system that I bought and it's irritating because it's not fully compatible, I guess, with the TV that I have and there's a delay in the sound. Now I've done every little trick in the book 
And so I'm like, man, it's been on my to-do list forever to call the manufacturer, and I just keep pushing it off. So I finally got around to calling the manufacturer the other day. I should say who it is, but I'm not. I'm not going to do you guys like that because it is one guy that's representing your company. I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. So I call, and what I'm asking for is any type of insight. You know what I mean? You work here. You guys manufactured this. Is there anything you could tell me about this unit that I'm missing, even reading the instruction manual? Like, is there something you can give me insight on that will help me get the sound correct, right? Man, I tell you what. I'm talking to this guy. He literally sounds like a robot. Hello, Mr. James. I'm like, yo, what's up? Like, you know, telling my problem or whatever. And my man is like giving me answers, but I can tell that he's reading. Like I can literally tell that he's reading the answers to me. So I'm like, hey man, you know, how do I change this setting? He's like, go to the remote, hit setting, menu, menu, left, hold on, I messed that up. Hit input. It's like, wait a minute, bro. So you're just reading the instructions to me? He's like, yeah, I'm like, So you don't actually know how to fix this thing. But here's the problem. You work here. Now, for all these years, I've been an advocate for human beings and not computers. But I got to be honest with y'all. This experience last week, if this keeps happening, the computers are getting better than the people. And I'm just being real with y'all. If you working in a call center out here, it's time for you to step your game up. You got to go to robot level, people. I'm for real, man. We can't just settle for mediocrity and just sit back and let a computer be better than you, but because you're not trying. Man, you went to a job interview one day. This is what I think every time I see someone either halfway doing a job or with an attitude at work. Or, you know, like this whole vibe of like laziness where they don't even want to be at work. It's like, well, think about this. You literally applied for a job. Then you got up and either got in a car or some type of transportation. You got dressed. You typed up a whole resume, went to a job interview and gave them 101 reasons why they should choose you. Listen, man, you taking up somebody else's spot. Somebody didn't get that job because of you. You feel what I'm saying? So you should take pride in what you do. Here's one thing I really believe is that we shouldn't let our job titles or job function give us our identity and dictate what our work ethic is. I truly believe this. If you are on fries at Chick-fil-A, what I'm telling you is that you should be making the best fries ever. I say this all the time. Now, granted, when I worked at McDonald's, you definitely didn't want to get the fries from me because they was either going to be out 30 seconds too early or 30 seconds too late. But hey, I've grown. I'm a different guy now. So I get to come on a radio show and start telling you about how you should work hard, even though I've had several jobs where I'm guilty of this exact same thing. And thank God there wasn't a robot available to come take my job. You get what I'm saying? Listen, we're all guilty, people. I'm just telling you what I know now. But had you came into my line at McDonald's when I was the cashier, 
I probably was halfway speaking. No, that's not true. I've always had a good attitude at work. That's one thing that, for real, even if I was doing a bad job, I had a good attitude. You feel what I'm saying? Brainwash them with my customer service. That's how I get down. And when I'm down and out, I listen to songs by J. Will Music. J. Will Music is a Christian rapper making inspirational music that reaches you at your core. How do I know? Because I'm actually J. Will Music, and I'm actually talking in this voice as if I'm not me. Do you want to hear my music? There are several ways you could do it. First and foremost, you could type in my name, J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C, on iTunes, Spotify, at the Google Play Store, wherever you listen to music. But you know what you could also do? Visit a website, germainwilson.bandcamp.com. Again, germainwilson.bandcamp.com. You can hear mostly all of my songs on this website. And guess what? A lot of them are free. I make pretty dope music, and I feel really good about it. Check it out. Uh. Yeah. I do stuff like that. Uh. Yeah. Uh. If your dreams ain't from God, then let them go. He got a purpose and a plan if you let him go. Yeah. J. Will Music. Also on jwillmusic.com. Now it's time for now Scripture time. of the now Day. All right, there's two scriptures that I want to actually read today that I think will be helpful and relevant based on the information that we covered today. First, James chapter 1, verse 22. Very familiar passage. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What's the point? Be executors. Be people who actually do what you said you were going to do. Do what you heard the word say do. So let's not be people who get all excited when we hear one episode of a show or we read one scripture or hear one sermon and all of a sudden we're going to change the world up until it's time to actually change the world. You know what I'm saying? So let's be executors of the things that we hear being led by God and according to his purpose. Okay, for the next scripture, I need you to turn your cell phones to Hebrews chapter four, verse two. And it reads like this. For good news came to us just as to them. Pause. This is saying that the gospel was preached to us and the gospel was preached to them. So you have two different sets of people that both heard the exact same thing. But let's see what happens. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Man, so wait a minute. We can hear the word and benefit from it. Then they can hear the word and because they're not united by faith, because they are not the united faith of America, that's what we need to change the world. We don't need our skin color. We don't need to be united by our uh, political party. We need to be united by faith because if we're not united by faith, we will never see change. We are trying to change the world without God. That's the issue. United faith of America, united faith of the world. This is how we make change as believers. We go out, look at God's plan. 
And we're not just hearers, but we're doers of the word. And we live that lifestyle and we grow, man. Like that's the beauty of God's grace and what he did for us in shedding his blood for our sins is that he gave us an opportunity to unite by faith. It all starts in our homes with husbands and wives. We have to be united by faith. Our children have to be united by faith. And then that goes over into our purpose and our job. We need fellowship with other believers, not just church services with a lot of music, but we're talking about lifestyle fellowship that we need in our life. So Lavelle, if you could pray for us in those areas, man. Father God, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. And Father, we need your help. We need your help with balance in our lives. Father, we don't know how to do anything outside of you, and we ask for your help. Lord, help us to prioritize, put things in the proper order, to put things in the proper perspective, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to stop trying to take the reins and to totally give everything over to you, to trust you, to know that you have our best interest in mind. Father, help us to balance between our family and our business. Help us to balance between our personal lives and our ministries. Lord, help us to do things decently and in order, as your word says. We give it over to you, asking you to help us put things in order in our lives. Because a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. Help us to be single-minded on you, trusting that you would do the rest. And we thank you so much, Father, for ordering our lives and ordering our steps. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's time for the J. Will Music Song of the Day. And today we have a special one dedicated to all the husbands and wives out there. This is from my EP entitled Not Your Average. The song is called The Real Love Song. Look your girl in the eyes, fellas. Tell her you love her, tell her you love her. Your crew love side piece gotta hide me only come through at the two i want that grandma and that granddad 50 years still here love fuss and fight we gonna be all right you're the only one in my life love you're the only one that i write of in spite of our differences i still 
like us We don't need no filter with a perfect picture Might make mistakes, but we make up It's that real love, real love We got that real, 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 real love Real love, real love You know I really, 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 really love Been together for a minute, can you tell how I feel? By now you know that it's real Although we had our valleys and hills Through it all you've been right here by my side You're my girl and you're my rider I'ma treat you like a queen and make you question If you're dreaming, girl, it's real Pinch yourself and prove that it's real Ain't nothing fake about it Perfect like romantic movies and Instagram pictures Not saying we don't have those moments Not saying real love is bad But that fakeness creates an impatience So people give up before giving a chance When she looks at the TV, that's not what she sees When she gets home and looks at her man Feels like the experience of real life Is not quite what he thought it should feel like So he stays out with his boys at the midnight When he gets home, this stirs up a big fight And it's at this moment Where love gets real And you start to question if God took Eve out of Adam's rib If Eve ate fruit from the tree that's forbidden, would you love her still? And if Adam blamed her after doing the same, tell me how would you feel? Would you give up on this real, 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 real love? We got that real love, real love We got that real, 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 real love Real love, real love You know I really, 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 really love Real love, real love We got that real, 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 real love Real love, real love You know I really, 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 really love Oh yeah, that's the Real Love song. And if you like that, you can search artist J. Will Music on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to music. Thank you guys for listening to today's show. Y'all know that y'all can find me any day of the week on jwillmusic.com. That's J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C.com. Cry, 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 cry.